Hey Siri, I'd like to record a podcast. Uh, I don't think it's going to work. Siri, you're supposed to be smarter than this. Uh... Siri, why can't you start the podcast? I think that's how the pod... I think that's how all of today went. It's pretty slick though, isn't it? Yeah, it looks cool. If you have an iPhone 4S. This is the weekly download episode number 14.53612 Siri edition. Goldmaster. Goldmaster. Not beta 9, not beta 8. It's the Goldmaster version of what we'd like to call one of the worst iPhone keynotes ever. Easily. I know that this is kind of fanboyish and that it's not by it's not being the Kool-Aid, it's being the hater side, but I mean, I think it was mostly because that the iPhone rumor mills basically blew it. They basically yeah. told me everything that was going to happen. No, there's not going to be a white taper of design iPhone. There's going to be the Sprint network. There's going to be a faster iPhone, which is not much of a rumor at all. It's kind of an inevitable fact. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, by the way, they're finally going to come out with the artificial intelligence stuff that we had talked about in February. Right. That was pretty much the whole keynote, right? And that's everything we've heard for the past five months. So... Me and Chris here have been using the iOS beta for quite a little while, and as soon as it's publicly announced, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but basically, if you've been using that, or if you watch WDVDC, there's nothing really new in terms of the beta. Right. In terms right. of the final iOS. All the, the only features, thing that different is Siri, but only an iPhone 4S. Yeah, and that's only in the newest iPhone. So let's run it down. So first, he talked about... A few interesting things when it came to numbers. I mean, there are apparently 250 million iOS devices out there, which is crazy. Right. Is I had no idea it was that Which many. is basically almost every American owns an <coughs> iOS device. Yeah, basically. And then three out of four of tablets sold All is right, an iPad, yeah. which is even crazier. So... That's kind of just a microcosm of the market share that they really have, and it's only going to keep growing, as far as I'm concerned, when you look at the market. So then they moved on to the iPod, and uh, what was interesting is they really mentioned it, and they said that the iPod is one of the most, you know, most popular devices out there. And effectively, with what they've said today, they've kind of killed the iPod Classic. Yeah, or I mean, put they that took away the nail in the coffin. They took away the click wheel games yesterday or a couple days ago, and. Everyone sort of thought it was going to happen, and it didn't even make the list, so we're assuming it's gone. Well, and, and you know, honestly, when you look at the iPod family, it's only going to dwindle even more. I don't think that there's a, this, it's being eaten alive by the iPads or the iPhones or iPod Touches in the world. I mean, the next <coughs> thing they talked about was the iPod Touch, which is supposedly not only the world's best iPod, but the world's best portable game device, right. which I is... Huge, And we talked about that a few times, uh, the fact that Nintendo and all those folks need to watch out because essentially we're going away from portable gaming devices and worried about software. That's right. And if Nintendo wants to listen up and perk up their ears a little bit, they'll see that it's that's where things need to go. They need to be more multimedia, more tied into apps. That's where things are going, and you were blind if you didn't see that coming, that the iPod Touch would become hugely popular. I know after they said that at the keynote, <coughs> I was watching Twitter and my stream and just seeing so many people going, yep, I sold my console, yep, I got rid of my 3DS, yep. And it was just like I talked about a couple of days ago, I sold my console, I mean, there's no need for it. Yeah, so 
if you're a casual gamer or if you're an intense gamer, this space is certainly worth watching. The demo for Infinity Blade I heard was fantastic, and I'm sure there will be many other developers now who will be keenly interested in developing for these high-end sort of this market of dual-core, three-inch long, you know, devices instead of the consoled, old-fashioned right, cartridge right. kind of model, which is just not working anymore. Right. I mean, who wants to pay an additional $50 for an application? And that's really only because $20 of it is creating the The car shipping it and everything, like all the distribution costs. That's annoying. Exactly. And that's why people love to go and buy an upgrade to Lion, even though they may think they don't need it. It's just impulsive to upgrade. It's only $30 versus $129 like it used to be for all these OSs. So then they moved on to the iOS, and, you know, it's everything you heard. Basically, a couple new apps that they talked about. (laughs) My favorite, the Cards app. I I can't wait. I'm counting down the days. I'm waiting for Hallmark to sue first. Well, and it makes sense that they would come out with this app, which basically is an app you can download, and you can make a card, and Apple will print the card and send it to anyone you want using snail mail. And pretty much is a use of what they already have with their um, their iPhoto application. So in iPhoto, you can do the same thing. They'll right. print out a, a book for you. Calendar or a book, whatever you like. Or calendar. So it's not that hard for them to take that next step and distribute, you know, using the U.S. Postal Service. But Maybe Apple's sure just trying just, to push cash into the USPS since they're failing. That's what I'm thinking. I think it's a ploy to kind of help them in some way. I also think it's just an experiment to see if this is something in the direction they want to go. I'm sure it came out of some pitch meeting that they should be like, hey, how do you you connect with the people whom you like and really care about? Well, it's way better to send a personal message, so this is more personal. Of course, nobody's going to send a Christmas card over their iPhone that's like with their family portrait and like, you know, handwritten. You're not going to get that. Yeah. Maybe on the iPad there could be handwritten cards, you know, using your finger or whatever. But for right now, I think this is just a kind of fun way of communicating with someone other than Facebook wall posting, hey, happy birthday. It's like a paid Facebook wall post. And considering the price point of two ninety nine, that's not too bad. No, I, mean, I mean, a most, Walmart cost about $4. Are, yeah. So I think it's a cool idea. I don't, you know, I don't see myself using it, but, you know. I'll mail you something. Okay, thanks. The other application, which is not really an application, uh, it's a service built into iCloud, which is, of course, the next generation of cloud applications which are free from Apple. And that's the Find My Friends service. And Find My Friends is basically, if you have an iPhone, then you can find them. If they have an iPad, if they have a computer, if they have an iOS device or a Mac device, you can find them using some simple GPS or Wi-Fi. This is where you cue the 80s. I always feel like somebody's watching. Exactly. Well, it's basically Google Latitude being completely swallowed up and uh, them taking advantage of the large ecosystem they've built. I mean, if there are supposedly... How many millions of downloads were there online in the first 24 hours? Oh, was I, it a million? I, was it maybe 10 million? It was something, something crazy. Something in between there. So... That plus the fact that you've got 250 million iOS devices. I mean, there must be, you know, <coughs> 300 to 400 million devices out there that can use this device, this use service, and for free. Right. I mean, it's pretty crazy to think about, actually. 
But that's why you build data centers as big as the ones they North built in Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. So. And then, I guess, what else did they talk about before we get to the iPhone thing? Well, they gave an iCloud preview again. Right. I mean, about that. But then, as many joked, it was like WWDC all over. It was yeah. basically. It was basically that. So if you want to watch the iPhone keynote stream, by the way, it's up now. But if you want to watch it in a different way, just watch WWDC. And there you'll hear a lot more excitement. And you'll see Steve Jobs. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot of sentiments about people feeling a little antsy or like wanting to hear the next big thing or the big thing. And so then finally, after, you know, all of this, you know, the usual stuff that normally takes five to 10 minutes in a keynote, took like half an hour, apparently, they announced the uh, iPhone 4S. So it is, it is in fact true. There is another iPhone, but it's not the iPhone that, not the iPhone 5, not the... Not the tapered, not the next, tiered, not, yeah. not, not the teardrop design, not anything on LTE, not anything on... Uh, no, yeah. none of that. Just a iPhone with a dual-core processor that looks like the 4 with a few extra features, which really are the ultimate selling points of the device. Right. And, and this it, isn't unlike Apple. I mean, they did this with the 3GS, too. Exactly. And with the 3GS, they even upgraded the camera. They added... Um, but they did that with the 4S. Yeah, they did, and we'll talk about that. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, parallelly speaking, that's exactly right. It's basically an incremental upgrade, and it's for people, I think, really, this is going to entice 3G, 3GS owners or 3G owners way more than it is right. iPhone 4 owners. Because iPhone 4 owners, you already have the Retina display. If you like a 5-megapixel <coughs> camera, you're going to love it on iOS because of all the features they have in there. And if you care about faster processing, this gets the job done. And if you don't play any games, it does even better. Right. But if you're a mobile gaming, if you're the person who needs that snappy power, or if you like the assistant feature and you like and you want those additional options, then maybe the 4S is for you. And we can talk about some options on how to upgrade and stuff like that in a moment. But let's go to the features. I mean Probably, first off, you want to talk about the biggest thing, which is Assistant. So, Assistant is, there was an application about a year ago, or maybe, I think, even two years ago. A little bit further back than that, yeah. Which was called Siri, and it was actually an application on the App Store made by the company Siri. And it was a personal assistance application that basically does what you may have seen in this stream or what you may read on the news, which... You ask it a simple question like, I want to eat seafood tonight, and it will recommend using, you know, various outlets like Yelp or Yahoo or something to give you restaurants, and it uses core, and it core, uses core location to predict where you need to go and where you need to be, and uses the phone and your phone. It's basically deeply integrated. Well, Apple took this a step further and acquired the company and today we've seen the fruits of their work with what's their personal assistant, which their name is Siri. Right. It, and one thing to note is that it's not a female or a male, it's just Siri. It could go either way. It sounds like a female, though, when you listen to it. But anyway, so you can now tell it, hey, send a text message to Mary and say I'll be there by one. And something as colloquial and as casual as that. And Siri will pick the key words and reframe it to where, what they think you said. And then you can just send a text. Or you can say, hey, schedule a meeting with Bob at 1 at Kilroy's or wherever. And it will do that for you in seconds. 
And what it's doing, it's onboard syntactical analysis of what you're saying. It's all on the phone. I don't think it's going to require Wi-Fi, 3G, or any of those things, actually, unless you want to take it to the next level where it has to send text and stuff like that. But right. just the translation of what you're saying, I think, is onboard the device. That's an intensive process, and that's why you need the forest, forest to do yeah. it. So that may be worth the upgrade to you. And if you like that kind of interaction and you don't mind talking to yourself, that's definitely one reason you would upgrade um, what do you think? I think that I'll probably, as I tweeted earlier, this will be the first time ever that I do not upgrade iPhones. You're right. Well, I, I, I think that the application is really useful. I think Assist is great, but I'm on the same boat. It is disappointing, because I actually think that I would probably play with the Assist feature. Probably play with it is the word I use there, because I don't think I would use it all the time. I feel we are just talking to my device. Right. Uh, I think it is really cool, though. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting what they've done here. Um, other than that, they have the 8 megapixel camera, which... Oh, yes, that's yeah. a, another feature. So they've taken the camera on the iPhone, and they've added five lens systems, supposedly, a uh, wider aperture on the lens, and a CMOS sensor, which lets in 74% more light right. than the average sensor that they had. Um, it's 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 got a, it, it's eight megapixels, so it takes you know way more pixel density. Density, I think the percentage was sixty percent above the iPhone four you're holding. Um, if you or think about it, you know you, that's a hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars of expense right there. If you want to buy that kind of camera, oh by the way, it does ten eighty p video as well. Right. So I mean, right there is something to be said. So if you were in the market for a camera, which I had already bit the bullet on a different camera, but I just now purchased it. Yeah, yeah, I saw Were you? But anyways, I mean, you can't manually adjust shutter speed and aperture. You can't use scene modes. The flash isn't that great. It's, it's still limited. It's, a, it's, it's still a, a cell way, phone camera. It is the best cell phone camera and one of the best cameras out there that's a point and shoot. But it's not going to be your... It's still not going to be the camera that you have right. separately. So... Again, that's one of those things that if you have one of the 3GS or 3G models, you'll think, whoa, this is this huge. This is way better, yeah. But if you have the iPhone 4, you've probably already really enjoyed some of the pictures that you've taken with it. It was already a huge leap. I yeah. mean, 5 megapixels and the software that they built in <coughs> is enough for you to get excited about the iPhone 4 and think, eh, about the next one. Yeah. But they really did sell it as more of a camera versus a feature in the iPhone. Like, they really pitched it as something as, like, you would buy this because of the camera. Which is interesting to me, because they also did the same thing for Siri. They basically said, You'll you buy want this, this assistant. Yeah. But I, I think, think they have to spin it that way in order to, I mean, entice the four users if they're going to entice the four users. So, is there anything else? Is there any uh, other... Battery life? Did they... They said that the battery life is apparently... Longer, even though they've added the dual-core processor and, you know, seven times performance. Um, so what, what did you think of, of Tim giving the keynote? I thought Tim did a, you know, pretty good job from what I've heard. A lot of people say <coughs> he was very on point. And I have yet to watch the keynote, of course. Probably I'll sit and watch it tomorrow. But 
I think that he's probably done a good job. And I mean, most of the grunt work was done by uh, Phil Schiller and Scott Dorstall. So, and just like Steve Jobs' way, you don't really need to, you yeah. know, really need Steve there. You just need the supporting cast to do a good job and for the product to be okay. Right. I guess this is another thing we have yeah, to we talk about. Yeah, we forgot about the, uh, the Apparently antenna. now, the antenna and the iPhone 4S, it was so good, but they made it better. And they basically said now that... It's basically one... So, by the way, it's a... Okay, so there's two things. One, it's now a world phone. So, the new iPhone 4S is, has a GSM and CDMA antenna So, in there's it. no more Verizon versus us. You buy one phone, and it will be programmed to be a Verizon or AT&T phone domestically. Right. Now, if you leave, you know, the United States, it could be the case that this will use both CDMA and GSM, and GSM. networks... Which is huge, because there's only a few phones that do that right now that have quad band right. GSM and CDMA, and all of the other you know great features that a smartphone has. So that's a great leap, and it certainly makes manufacturing a hell of a lot easier. Oh yeah, cheaper. It's interesting that they decided to take the CDMA model instead of the GSM, partly because of the way the case design has probably changed yeah. with the silent switch and what have you. Um, but the other thing that is worthwhile to note is the antenna upgrade. So, Which actually is kind of cool from the way they explain it. Well, so basically, um, if, I, if I understand this right, if you cover up the antenna or block a part of the antenna that's transmitting, the phone will recognize that and switch to the top band of the, right. of the device. Right, so there's no more antenna gate, essentially. So there's no more covering of the antenna because there will always be some part of the iPhone antenna exposed. And this is an answer to a problem that stemmed from the original iPhone 4, which basically said that there was a spot somewhere on your phone, or if you gripped hard enough, then... You'd block the signal. you block the signal. So this, they're basically saying, well, now you can't block it because we'll switch signal elsewhere. I don't know if this is actually happening or not. There's really no way of telling without looking at field test mode and kind of looking into it to see if it really matters. But um, it's worth mentioning in the keynote. I it's think it's definitely to... worth mentioning, and it's definitely worth. It's definitely just a basically zing. Hey, there we fixed it. See that? So it was a good move um, for the most part. But so basically, to kind of just sum up, you've got the iPhone four. <coughs> which comes in the 16, 32, and now 64 gigabyte models. I personally own the 32, and I haven't even filled it up. Right, I own the 32, and thanks to iCloud, I have little on there. And then the iPhone 4 comes in next at an 8 gigabyte model, which is basically $99. It's $99. And then the iPhone 3GS is free. Rockets in two-year-old on technology. And, and it's on Sprint right now. Well, no, the iPhone 4 is on Sprint. I thought the 3GS is also on Sprint, and that the iPhone 4 and 4S will be coming to Sprint soon. Oh, no. It's uh, just the 3GS is on AT&T still, and you've got iPhone 4 and iPhone oh, 4S on Verizon okay, and AT&T. Okay, so there you go. So coming soon, probably within the next month or so, Sprint will be able to also have the iPhone 4S. So the only major carrier that's missing here is T-Mobile, and if the merger, whatever happens with AT&T, then every major carrier will be carrying the iPhone 4 at the same price, <clears throat> set by Apple in the same ways, 
Right. But none of the iPhones will take advantage of the network speeds that these three are differentiating with. It's yeah. all the same playing field. Yeah. So if you're someone on Sprint right now, you're probably really happy. If you're someone on AT&T and Verizon, you're probably sticking to your carrier. In that well, actually, way. the one, I guess, advantage would be that this is an HSPA Plus device. Mm-hmm. So you do get 14 megabits per second down, theoretically, on AT&T, right. but not on Verizon or or Sprint because they don't have an HSPA Plus right. network. Right. So for people like myself, I own an iPhone 4. It's on the AT&T network. For me, the assistant and the camera are and the fast speed are just not worth it for me right. to make the jump. Now, I know very well that my 3 that my iPhone 4 <coughs> can sell for about you know, $250, and I can make up the money for a 4S, but the, the, the hassle and all of that, yeah. it's really just not worth it to me. Oh, I'll see how I feel in a week. Uh, sometimes I say, I'm not going to do this, then I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do it. Well, it's funny, because when the iPhone 4 came out, I said, yes. Oh, yeah, with the iPhone 4. It was I had the, to do it. Yeah. I was standing in line. But for this one, well, if it is anything, it'll be like months where I decide, okay, it may be worth it. But by then, you know, you they've got the iPhone 5. Tucked yeah, away. you're midstream. And I feel like if you don't buy it at the beginning, I'm just going to wait till the next one. So it's been 15 months that I've been using this iPhone 4, which is great. I love the fact that I've had a phone for so long and I still right. like it. And I'm going to continue to probably like it until I see extraordinary, a leap in thought when it comes right. to smartphone technology. Because right now, the thing that was really killing me was the display earlier. And the Retina display is great. Yeah. And, you know, the, the the overall design of the device was something that really bothered me. I hated the cheap plastic feel of the 3GS, so the iPhone 4 solved that, too. Those were my two biggest things, I think, when I think about it. So, yeah, I think we've regularly talked about, I had a, I was disappointed in the 3G and the 3GS, so I think that the iPhone 4 alleviated that. And, uh, yeah. So if you've got the 3GS, go do it. You've got it. You're up, I, up I would do for it, an upgrade. Yeah. I would totally do it. If you've, if you've got, got the 3G, our, I would do it. Well, yeah. I mean, hopefully you don't have it. If you've got the iPhone original, I don't know what you're still doing. Yeah. Uh, other notes. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, I mean, prices slashed on the iPod Nano. That was so the iPod exciting. Nano, the, the price was slashed, and it has a new interface. And they decided to make the people who were using it as a clock. Happy. And, and they yeah. gave more clock faces. Which, hey, you know, that's got to make the people who are making those straps happy. Right, yeah, happier. definitely. So good news for them and good news for the people who are using it in that way. Personally, I never saw the utility of using the iPod Nano at all, let alone as a watch. Yeah, I um, can't I just, I don't know about the such a small form factor, but, you know, that's one. Yeah, it's worth noting, by the way, that I'm on Apple's website. They still have the iPod Classic listed for sale. So for now, it so looks to see another iPod day. Classic. And then there's the iPod Touch, which is now in white, and the 8GB model is $199. Which is pretty big. I mean, before that, what, it was $299 for the entry level? Right. Well, it was $229. $229. So, yeah, they've got another $200. So, it's become more of an impulsive buy, if you think of it in that way. Um, But it doesn't have a core A5. It doesn't have a two-core processor in there, which is puzzling to me. If it's the best gaming device, you ought to have the best gaming Exactly. But it's probably just a hardware limitation of the way, you know, 
It is pretty uh, fun to build. look on Apple's website and see iPhone from dollar sign zero. zero. <laughs> right. You would think that they would just leave that blank or something. So that was pretty much it. I guess there's some first impressions happening right now. Um, it's snappier, obviously. People say that. And, yeah, I mean, Siri is definitely artificial intelligence done right. It's actually using context to inform what the smartphone should do for you. And it's getting rid of some of the guesswork that you've often had to have when you use these sort of artificial intelligence. I know that when you use an artificial intelligence app right now, you often have to know the kind of right kind of questions to get the right kind of answers. Right. But this is gathering from everywhere. Wolfram Alpha, Yelp, Wikipedia, <coughs> your phone, your contacts, mail, everywhere. It can. It will. And that, it, to me, will make it's this... It's an incredible feat. I mean, and hopefully they port it to the Mac, personally. Yeah, I think that that would be really awesome. That would be really awesome. And if it could do some more things, like transcribe a Word document. I mean, imagine if you can do all that in an A5 connected, you know, Surely you what about a Core, Core i5 yeah. with, with, you know, 4 gigs of RAM with the MacBook Air? Yeah. And that's their lowest, like, entry-level computer. So the sky is the limit. So any final... I sort of thoughts I think that's probably about it it, like I said kind of a lame keynote but you get those every now and then I guess I think there's a couple of talking points here that are worth discussing and considering if you're in the market right now but if you're like us then hey just and see if there's something else but until then thanks for listening and tuning in and we will see you next couple days next couple days or sometime not so distant future Until then, see you later.